what are the things that make Boone shine? If we can play our part and give people great beer, uh, great food, and a great environment, then community is going to happen. And if it does, uh, the high country is going to be a better place. And so we're focused on, really focused on that now. Uh, but it's been kind of part of our DNA since, since the beginning. Welcome to Made in the High Country, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Western North Carolina's entrepreneurial landscape and the people within it. I'm Samantha Wright, and on the show today, how one man, after spending 20 years in the electronics payment industry, decided to leave it all and start making beer. Tim Hurtklotz grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and attended college in Clinton, South Carolina, as well as Boone. And while he loved his time at App State and living in the high country, he spent the following 20 years after graduating climbing the corporate ladder of technology companies, mostly in the Atlanta, Georgia area. He worked in software development, product management, technical sales, and more. And while his experience was overall a happy one, Tim reached a point one day where it was time for a change. You know, when you come out of school, let's say you study and, and you get uh, you get a degree in business or a technology degree, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go uh, and change the world and, you know, either start a business on your own or maybe end up in the corporate world like I did initially. And um, there's, you know, you want to you succeed. And so you want to prove to yourself that you can do it. And I was fortunate enough to have lots of opportunities and but one day I just kind of realized that I had I had kind of achieved what I had set out to do. I'd kind of proved to myself that I could do it. And I was climbing up the corporate ladder and could have kept climbing up the corporate ladder there. But what I realized was the higher you go, uh, the more, at least in the corporate world that I was in, the higher you go, the, the less time you actually have for uh, family and friends outside of work and, and, and just more, more responsibilities. It certainly brought rewards as well. But I just kind of decided that I was kind of done with that phase. I had proved myself that I could do it and I was just ready to do something else. Tim is now president and co-owner of Boone Shine Brewing Company, the wildly popular microbrewery, tasting room and restaurant located in East Boone. Along with his co-owner, Carson Coatney, who is the owner of equally staple businesses within the high country, notably Stick Boy Bread and Melanie's Food Fantasy, Tim saw a microbrewery trend happening across the country and decided to jump on that movement to fill a gap within the high country's gastronomical ecosystem. In 2015, they served their very first beer, starting out with just two employees. Now, Boonshine has over 70 employees on the payroll and a scalable, thriving microbrewery business that never stops giving back to its community. But if you think there's little in common between Tim's technology and corporate experience and running a microbrewery, think again. If you look at the history of craft beer in the United States, the very first homebrew clubs actually came from software engineers in California. So there is there's actually a connection between just engineering minded people and people who are willing to make their own beer. So we have that. But really, the, the skills that have been most transferable, I think, have just been 
um, lessons I've learned from working on teams and communication and different ways to communicate and different ways to lead. Um, that's been kind of the biggest thing um, that has transferred over. Lots of my experiences in the corporate world are different, but but similar in terms of, you know, you're solving problems, you're working with people. Um, you need to be able to recognize that we're all different and to manage you know, one person, you can't manage everyone the same way. You actually need to know um, a little bit about each individual and the best way to lead them and best way to kind of partner with them. And so um, leadership and communication skills uh, have definitely been then the most transferable. And have you always been interested in technology? Like looking back, can you pinpoint the different influences that led you to work in the corporate tech scene as a career? Yeah, so I was uh, in high school. I was uh, interested in, in computers, so in, in particular, personal computers. Um, my my father got me into that with a. We purchased an old. It was an old Atari computer at the time when when Atari computers were actually business computers, uh, somewhat not necessarily just games. And I was interested in in the personal computer and kind of the technology side of things. And so. Um, I specifically, when I went off to school, I wanted to get experience in both the business side as well as the technology side. So um, one of the things my father had told me was that um, in in the corporate world or in, in a lot of businesses, you have a um, there's kind of a natural gap that forms between the technology side of the business and the the business side uh, of the business or the operating side of the business. And he felt like he kind of kind of said it would probably be good if you got experience in both and could actually sit in the middle. Um, it would give you a lot of opportunities. And so I specifically kind of sought that out in both having a, a business administration degree and then also uh, information systems. So I could kind of navigate between the two sides within you know whatever business I ended up at. So it seems like you really landed this job that utilized all of the skills that you had been learning throughout your life and through your college experience on the sort of operations side of business, as well as that tech behind the scenes um, back end of things. So did that feel satisfying to you? Were you like, man, like I made it, you know, this is nice. Yeah, it did. It, it turned out to be a good thing that I that I had both a business background and technology background. And it did open lots of doors um, for me in the corporate world. And I did everything. I was I was in software development purely for, for a few years. But after that, got into product management and then uh, did some business development as well as kind of business unit management. And so uh, the the background that I had and experience that I had um, certainly helped, um, gave me lots of opportunities in that world. It sounds like overall you had a, a very positive experience with your time in the corporate world. You know, like your transition, this career change, getting out of the corporate world. It wasn't this do or die type of situation, right? But rather a conscious choice or realization that you just wanted something different out of the next part of your life. Right. I just was, I had proved myself that I, I could do it. And I just, I made a conscious decision to, to move on. And, and it actually kind of ties into the story of wanting to move back to the high country. It became, I just kind of realized in the end that, that the environment that I lived in and had a really direct impact on the quality of life and that became important. Just I realized how important it was. Prior to that, I was in Atlanta for for about thirteen years of of working there, and uh, I was just ready to 
ready to move out of that world. I do have a funny, a funny story, a kind of a confirming story. Uh, when I was, I had made the decision that I was uh, going to step down from my role uh, in the corporate world, and I was uh, had a, a resignation letter written, and I happened to be, um, I was going to turn it in the next morning. Uh, just the way the timing worked out, I needed to turn in my resignation ahead of um, a trip that I had planned. And so I had it all written. It was ready to go. I was going to turn it in the next morning. I happened to be on a sales trip, uh, like a sales award trip um, in Hawaii, of all places. And the night the night before, uh, they had an outdoor picnic and they had this band. And a couple of cool things came out of it. First was the outdoor picnic. They actually had a local brewery there. So I'd already decided I was going to start Boonshine, uh, which we, we can certainly talk about how that happened as well. But I already knew I was starting a brewery. So they had a local brewery there, which was great. And then one of the songs that they played uh, that night that the band played um, was actually a song by the band Boston. And the name of the song was Peace of Mind. You've probably heard the song before. It's a very familiar song, but I'd never really li- listened to the words as closely as I happened to that night. Uh, the words go like this. Uh, now you're climbing to the top of the company ladder. Hope it doesn't take too long. Can't you see there'll come a day when it won't matter? Come a day when you'll be gone. I understand about indecision, but I don't care if I get behind people living in competition. All I want to do is have my peace of mind. And it just clicked. It just hit me with uh, confirmation or affirmation that it was time for me to move on from the corporate world. And uh, I just, I enjoy that story. Every time I hear that song, um, it takes me back to that time. Okay, well, we obviously couldn't afford the rights to the actual song, but I'm doing my best here to put you in the mood of that 1970s rock vibe. You know, sometimes those affirming moments can be so important, especially in those big life decisions, which, you know, you'd been in the corporate world for about 20 years, so it probably wasn't, you were ready, right? But for other people, those big changes, those decisions, they can feel really scary, right? But I believe when you're having those affirming moments, those coincidences that are hitting you, right, a song on the radio or a conversation you overhear that just sort of hits you in this way that, pokes at you and says, yep, that decision you've been mulling over, that this is the right, this is the way to go. Those, I think those coincidences hit us in those ways because in our gut, we know it's the right decision. As entrepreneurs, as just humans, really, sometimes we have to learn to really trust that gut and be grateful for those signs that come along. So thank you, Boston. You know, great song. Uh, great moment. Thank you for sharing that, Tim. I want to hear next from you, Tim, is how you went from that decision. Um, you already knew you wanted to make beer, but knowing you want to do something and actually achieving it are two very different things. So what were those first steps like getting started opening up Boonshine, making your own beer for a living? Sure. So yeah, there's lots of steps along the way. I think um, initially, um, you know, we had a product um, and our product was beer. So just like any product, our initial focus was, okay, 
um, what is the product and can we make it at the level of quality to, to, to actually sell it? I mean, who are our customers and customer base? And so at the time when we were starting there, when we were starting planning, there weren't any breweries yet in Boone. And so, uh, we, we were pretty confident there was a market just because of what was happening all over the country and interest in craft beer and Boone just wasn't there yet. I think Appalachian mountain brewery was getting close to starting, but so, so basically a focus on, can we have the right product? And then is the market there? And then in Boone, really, there's a really tough, uh, tough to find space for uh, a manufacturing business like a brewery, uh, just because we don't have a lot of empty warehouse space or anything like uh, other larger cities might. So that was that was a challenge. Our friend Patrick, who owns Basil's, ended up bringing us in next next door to Basil's, and we started there. Um, but one of the, I guess, one of the most significant steps along the way related to obviously we wanted the product to be right we were really focused on quality and we set the bar high. We, rec- we recognized that, um, you know, we had a lot to learn about starting a brewery. We were both home brewers. And so technically we knew how to make beer at a small scale, but one of the, one of the biggest things for us was actually coming up with the name Boonshine and then d- deciding kind of what, what direction to go with marketing it. And it's kind of a neat story. We, we had gotten together with some friends, uh, that had been helping taste our beers along the way, our sample beers, and uh, we had gotten together with them to kind of paint a picture of what do we think, what do we think Boonshine, what, what kind of names, what do we think we should name the business? Actually, Boonshine wasn't even a thing yet, um, but the concept was, you know, quality beer, the outdoors, the high country, um, you know, trying to make the high country a better place. So I think we had some pictures of different things that we wanted to represent our brand that we then. Um, had some friends look at and we came up with a list of just ideas for names and the name one of our friends came up with the name Boonshine and it just immediately clicked with us Um, it's kind of when you think about Boonshine if you've never heard the word before you initially think about moonshine and you're like oh okay I see the, the the correlation there it's kind of fun moonshine's kind of a funny historical thing actually where we live here but um we we liked it beyond that, just in that um, making Boone shine and Boone in the high country and what's great about it. We said we could call our beer Boone shine, but we can also just focus on um, making the high country better. And so that name kind of clicked um, right away when somebody somebody kind of threw that out as an option. So we took that and kind of ran with it. And when you were in that smaller space next to Basil's, you were doing really well. You guys were doing so well, in fact, that you were kind of outgrowing the space. How did you go from there to the building you're at now and and scale so quickly or grow so quickly? I know that um, Scale Up, which is a course that is offered um, through Mountain BizWorks from time to time, was was a part of your journey. Would you mind sharing about that? Because it's that Scale Up course through Mountain BizWorks is such an amazing resource. And um, you know, whenever it's offered, we try to put the word out there because it's such an incredible course for um, small businesses to take when they are ready for that next leap. So, would you mind sharing your experience with that? course specifically and how it helped Boonshine move from from that small space to the larger one? Sure, happy to. It was it was actually fant- it was a big part of our story um, and mostly because of the timing. So we sold our first beer in 2015. We were right in, in next door to Basil's. It's actually part of Basil's um, currently. Um, and then by early 2017, we had 
pretty much maxed out that space. We were we were out of space and we needed to make some big decisions if we wanted to keep growing. We we knew we needed to move and find a bigger space. And we we originally had a uh, I think we had a three and five year business plan when we started Boonshine and we basically blew through that in terms of the financial side. We blew through that really quickly and then we were we were like okay, we need to another three to five year plan. And we were approached to, to uh, participate in the scale-up program uh, that was happening here in Boone through uh, locally. Jeffrey Scott helped with it and Mountain BizWorks. And so um, the timing was absolutely perfect because we were going to need to come up with our next plan anyway. And we had some pretty significant milestones that we needed to meet with that plan. And so scale-up actually walked us through that process of everything from you know how would you pitch your business all the way to what are some concrete steps that you can take or need to take to actually scale that business? And so we had a presentation that said, we're going to try to remember the, the exact um, steps, but it was like find a new property, move the brewery there, um, scale up production, add our own tasting room. And uh, if, if, if I go back to look at that plan that we developed during the scale up class, we, we've done all of those things now. We're actually at the point where we need another plan. Um, but it was extremely helpful. The content was great. I, I would definitely encourage um, any small business that's that started, that's at the point where they've got things rolling, but they need to figure out how to scale that up. Um, highly recommend that program. And when you moved to the new space in East Boone, in the sort of industrial park, as it's vaguely known as, you ended up adding a restaurant. You added food to the business plan was that fairly complicated? Was that I imagine that's sort of a whole extra layer of of management and stress and complication adding food to a brewery. It did, but it, it helped in that we had established kind of an early we early on we established that we wanted the a really high bar for quality in everything that we were doing. So when we brought on the food, um, naturally we had the same expectations already in place. That, all right, we need to not just do the basic minimum, but we actually want to do kind of better than people would expect in terms of the overall quality of, of the food. And so that was, was kind of already built into the culture when we started the restaurant. And our, our initial chef, um, Chef Adam, um, that helped us get started. He quickly kind of fell right. He quickly saw that vision. He was like, you guys have great beer. Um, I need to come up with a menu that's that's just as good. And so um, I think he kind of he kind of realized that and got it from day one. So we're, we're fortunate to be uh, where we are on the food, but but it was definitely already part of the culture. Absolutely. You guys really knocked it out of the park. And um, I'll take this opportunity to say thank you because you have personally donated so much beer and amazing food to our events at Startup High Country. And that's, uh, and not just us, but you're really such a giver. And one thing that uh, not just me, but a lot of people say this about you, they just really appreciate how dedicated you are to our local community and you serve time on the Mountain BizWorks board. You you sponsor soccer teams. Tell us a little bit more. Give us the details about your involvement and, and what drives you to not just be a business owner here, but really a leader and someone that gives back um, to the entrepreneurial community here. Sure. Yeah. Giving back has been just kind of part of our DNA since we started at, at the very beginning. We, Carson and I knew we were going to want to give back. One of the things I asked him when we were first 
starting was how, you know, how did stick boy become like such a fixture in the community? If, you know, stick boys everywhere they they give back a lot. They sponsor a lot of things. You go to events and stick boys just has a, has a, really does a lot of community. And one of the things that Carson said that, that struck me then and still rings true today is that, you know, to, if you want to become part of the community, you just kind of have to do community, like just, just do it. You don't, don't talk about it. Don't try to market around it, but just do community. And we, we tried to do that since day one. And we've been fortunate um, to be able to work with lots of different organizations here in the high country. Uh, We're proud of that. In fact, we're, um, we're kind of shifting gears now a little bit on our marketing when we first started Boonshine, we were focused on making Boonshine and, and it was kind of like we were making the beer and we were making the company because nobody knew who we were. And now we're kind of shifting that into make Boonshine and, and it really ties into the high country as well. But what are the things that make Boonshine? If we can play our part and give people great beer, uh, great food and a great environment, then community is going to happen. And if it does, uh, the high country is going to be a better place. And so we're focused on, really focused on that now. Uh, but it's been kind of part of our DNA since since the beginning. I remember going to the very, I think it was the very first, um, uh, it wasn't called High Country Startup in the past. It was, the, I think it was just Silicon Holler is what they were calling the meetups. And I think I, I think I attended the very first or one of the very first ones and we had just started Boonshine, and I carried in some, some, uh, some, yeah, some glass growlers of some of our beers and donated for that very first meeting. And we still give, we still provide beer for the meetings to this day. So I'm, I'm proud of our involvement there, and it's been just great to see uh, startup high country um, and what what all is coming out of that now as well. It's been great to see that develop. Well, we certainly appreciate your role in that, and uh, and we love all the free beer. So thank you for that, Tim. I'm curious, compared to your life in the corporate world, looking back, uh, comparing your role as an entrepreneur now, what's one of your favorite parts of something that you get to do now that you never got to do in your time in corporate? Um, I was telling somebody yesterday, they were asking me what I was working on. I was like, what's payroll day? I'm entering a bunch of numbers in. Just, But I said, it's, the, it's one of the best days um, for me, as a business owner, because you get to realize that, wow, we've actually created 70 jobs. There's 70 people that are, I mean, they're they're actually helping us. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for our staff, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. But at the same time, as a business owner, it's like, wow, we've, we've, we're making a difference in people's lives by just creating jobs. So 70, it's it's a little intimidating at times. I will have a lot to you. It's challenging, but it's like it's the responsibility, rewarding. the pressure. Yeah, just, you know, you are responsible. Yeah, you feel that. Actually, that's a good point. The difference between the corporate world and and being your, you know, your owning your own business. There's a lot of real positives in owning your own business, the freedom and control and all those things. But but the, the flip side of the challenge is that, you know, you you're responsible for for people's livelihoods. And that that definitely is a, an extra level of responsibility. Are there any last words of advice that you want to share for entrepreneurs or aspiring ones out there? Sure. I would say um, specific to the high country, just we are so fortunate to live here. Just It's easy to take it for granted. So just recognizing how fortunate we are to be able to do what we're doing here. But second, I would say we're 
you might not think you're an entrepreneur, but but actually, I think we're all entrepreneurs. Whether whether you've got a corporate job, or whether you're working in a restaurant, or whether you've got a flower shop, or whether you're just you know you're in school and maybe you're a college student, I would I would argue that we're all entrepreneurs because we do things that we've never done before every day, whether it's cooking a new meal or whether it's you know working on a project that maybe you've never done before in school. I think anytime you're you're doing something that that you've not done before and you're taking initiative to to build something new or learn something, I would I would argue that's that's being an entrepreneur and you can take those skills into building your own company one day. Mm-hmm. That's so well said. Well, thank you for sharing all of this. What a unique story. And thank you again for all that you do to give back to the community that you live in and obviously love dearly. Um, Before you go, we always like to end the show off with um, a little insight into what your latest high country moment was. I'll do two real quick. One was uh, going for a lunch run yesterday in Brookshire Park and up the trail that goes, there's a high meadow that that looks down over the park and just how gorgeous uh, the leaves and the sky and just uh, sat there and just kind of soaked it in. So so we're going for a run be one. And I would say the second one is I'll give a shout out to the Appalachian Theater downtown coming back to life. And I've been going to events there recently. I'm going to another one on Friday and I happen to live downtown. I can literally just walk down the street, go to the theater and enjoy world-class performers. Uh, I think that's really special in the high country. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. This episode was produced and edited by me, Samantha Wright, Community Director at Startup High Country. Learn more about our workshops, resources, and events at startuphc.com. If you have just 30 seconds or so right now, please do us a solid and rate and review this podcast, then share it with a friend. It helps a lot with other people finding the show. Thank you so much. Startup High Country is supported by NC Idea, a private foundation that supports entrepreneurship in North Carolina through grants and innovative programs. Thank you to the Watauga Economic Development Center for their support and for helping to build the entrepreneurial landscape of Western North Carolina. I'm Samantha Wright, and you've been listening to Made in the High Country.